Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 84 of Bruce Less Travel, the podcast exploring the best uncharted beer scenes across the United States. I'm your host, Brian, and I'm so excited to kick off our first episode of the new year. First episode of 2023. We've got an excellent city to explore this month, and we've got a co-host to match the excellence of that first 2023 BLT city. Uh, there are a lot of lots of friends of Bruce Less Traveled, lots of friends of the show, but there's only one best friend. So please welcome the official best friend of the show, certified Cicerone, back for her fourth time co-hosting this show, MC. MC, how's it going? <laughs> hey, Brian. Uh, I'm, I'm great now that I know I'm the official best friend of the show. What, a, what an honor. I had no official. idea. Official. Quite the title. We'll be getting hats made soon. Um, exactly. So that I can lord this over the other co-hosts. Can lord Let it, it over <laughs> Mike and, and Glad and all our other friends of the show. Yeah. I hope they're all listening right now. Um, yeah. No, I'm great. Um, I'm excited to be back, as always. Really looking forward to our beer city this month. A lot of good beers coming up. So, yeah, I'm great. I'm excited. Lots of good beers. Uh, shout out to all Yins joining us for the stream. Uh, our BLT Beer Club subscribers, uh, new subscribers. Thanks. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for uh, joining the Beer Club. We hope you enjoy this month. We got some, as MC already mentioned, we got some great beers, great breweries featured in this month's box. And uh, yeah, we've, we're, we're going to be exploring the great city of Fort Collins, Colorado this month, probably most well-known as uh, the home of uh, the International Juggernaut Brewery, New Belgium. But also, there's a lot of really good small breweries there. And dare I say, some of the best small breweries in the entire state of Colorado, you know, a state that's very well known for its craft beer. It's the home of the Brewers Association. It's the home of Great American Beer Festival. And it's the home of five awesome small breweries in the Fort Collins area that we're going to be featuring this month on Bruce Less Traveled. Um, and on this episode, we are going to be featuring the great folks at Jessup Farm Barrel House. Um, and we'll be drinking their Transfer Day IPA and Serious Leisure Double IPA. Starting off the month hoppy, starting off 2023 hoppy. I, I'm going to I'm gonna make a prediction, MC. 2023, it's going to be the year of IPAs. They're really going to do it this year. You know, what I heard you say on 12 Beers of Christmas was it was going to be the year of Strata Hop specifically. And I think I agree with that. I heard at the brewery I was working at here in Missouri for a while, the brewers and the production manager getting really excited about Strata. I heard about some really good strata hops being grown when they were coming back from hop selection in Yakima this year. So I, I, I think I'm with you. You know, I think it's not quite time for the the hop craze to go out. I think we're, I think we're still in it. Well, that's the thing is that there's still new varietals coming out. There's still hop farmers yeah. out there that are willing to take risks and experiment with different things. And it's it's good for the industry. It's good for beer drinkers. And and Strata is certainly a testament to that. It was a hop that didn't exist, uh, you know, five six years ago. I think may have been a HBC varietal back then, right. but it has exploded onto the scene. And good segue. One of our beers tonight features Strata, but we're going to start with the other one. Um, let's get into this transfer day 
IPA. I'm sure there's a wonderful story behind why this is named Transfer Day. Oh, you know what? I read about that story, actually, before we got on this call. They just call it that. It's the day that the beer is transferred from the fermenter to the bright tank. Just kind of a chill day at the brewery. They do a lot of barrel-aged beers there, I think. Um, and so it's just kind of a, a calm calm day there. I think that's why they call it that. Yeah. I, I, I figured it was tied in with, with some industry stuff, transferring beers from one stainless steel vessel to another. I'm just going to stop rambling right. here. This looks like a wonderful beer. Cheers. Cheers. They call this a dry hop, no coast IPA. Features Amarillo, Simcoe, and Mosaic hops. Mm. And that is just wonderful. I'm already looking ahead at the other beer. Uh, that is not a that is not a statement about this beer. This beer is delicious. It makes me very excited to try this other one with a bunch of other fun hops in it. But yeah. Yeah, kind of some classic hops, kind of a classic no coast IPA. I like how creative people get with the no coast IPAs. You know, it doesn't have to be like big and juicy and hoppy New England style. It doesn't have to like kick your ass and be like a West Coast, you know, 2005 style, just really nice and approachable. Yeah. Everybody just, uh, just trying to do their best to replicate too hearted in their own way. Right. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> the ultimate there will never be another too hearted, but lest we try. Oh, wonderful, wonderful beer. Um, yeah, well, let's bring up, let's bring on our guest. He is the founder of the Craft Beer Professionals uh, Industry Group. Please welcome Mr. Andrew Copland. Thank you all so much for having me, Brian MC. I'm excited to be here. Hey, Andrew. Thanks for joining us. Good to see you. Let's get started here with our quick sip questions. These are fast questions, fast answers. They help us get to know you fast, fastly, faster. I've tried another bunch of different words at the end of there, and I don't feel comfortable with any of them. So fastly, let's go with that. Um, Andrew, are you ready? I'm ready, Brian. Cool. Favorite beer style? Favorite beer. I'm just going to go simple. Let's go with a nice crisp lager. Wonderful. Uh, can or a bottle? Can. Unless it's a special limited release in a nice bottle. I love, mm. you know, the little 750 to drink all by myself. Wax. Wax on the top makes you feel yeah, fancy. Yeah, give me a nice little cork I have to pop out too. Yeah, press out the wine key for some beer. Instagram or Facebook? Facebook. I spend too much time on it. <laughs> West Coast. We'll get we'll get more into that. Uh, West Coast IPA or New England IPA? Oh, West Coast all the way. Okay, okay. And your favorite non-work activity? Ooh, I have a three-year-old, so simply just chasing him around the playground after a good bike ride is how I disconnect from Facebook in many ways. That's that's awesome. And our favorite, my favorite, at least, quick sip question. Andrew, have you ever seen a UFO, a Bigfoot, the paranormal entity, anything inexplicable? That's a really great question. Uh, my, my wife is a big fan of the supernatural. I have not seen a UFO, watched a lot of X-Files. We live in a hundred year house. We've heard our share of weird noises. But to answer mm. your question, Brian, no UFOs. Okay. Okay. Let's um let's get started for real. You know, before craft beer professionals, can you tell us a little bit about your first beer endeavor, Secret Hopper? Yes. Yeah, so Secret Hopper is when me first getting into the industry about six years ago. Prior to that, I ran a food service for quite some time. I work at stadiums and arenas like all across the country. Many of these great beer cities that you all have traveled to, I've experienced. So I was a beer traveler first and more foremost through that. 
but I was also someone who always had crazy ideas about business. So I first got into the industry when I was just sending my wife one of my crazy ideas. And, you know, as someone who loves beer like you all, you're trying to think ways you can combine business and beer. So she was working at an animal hospital at the time. I She got her really accustomed to me always having these ideas, typically didn't follow through. I enjoyed my job. So one day I was texting her and you see like the little dots pop up on your iPhone. I go, Stacy, I have this great idea for a business. And she's probably thinking, oh, here we go again, you know, and I'm watching the dots pop up. They go away. They pop up. They go away. And I say, you know, we're going to be a mystery shopping company for breweries and we're going to call it Secret Hopper. And the dots just stop. You know, those iPhone dots you get anxious about, they just stop. Next thing you know, you see it come through and she goes, that's stupid. So what does any person do <laughs> with a new great idea who loves beer and think it's a fantastic idea? You buy the domain, you start the business and you go from being, you know, someone who just loves drinking and brewing beer to someone who's somehow in the industry magically. And that was about six years ago now. So Secret Hopper, did it, did it, did it go anywhere? Did it, did it work out? Was, uh. Obviously, you're, you're secret shopping and you have this beautiful pun of a name. What, what, what happened? We got very lucky with that. Yeah. So, yeah, it, we, we still run the company to this day. And the whole premise was, you know, something I think we're a little more keen to these days. You know, five, six years ago, there's only 5,000 breweries. And now what do we have? Like only almost 10,000 breweries. So our whole premise right. was you have to do really, you have to do more than make really great beer. Obviously you have to make great beer because that's the backbone of our industry. If you're not making great beer, you're not going to last, but you also have to have a memorable experience. So it was our goal to help brewery owners, taproom managers find ways to make the taproom experience more memorable and profitable. And yeah, we've worked with breweries coast to coast and I'm so lucky to talk with many great people, you know, in that space. So it's still kicking and going. That's awesome. Very cool. So I recently joined uh, Craft Beer Professionals in my new role as tapper manager for Low Left Beer here in Pittsburgh. And uh, so I'd love to talk about the origins of CBP, how how it got started and how did the group get started? How did you parlay or go from Secret Hopper into that? And and was there an aha moment with that where you knew it was going to work out? You know, I wouldn't call it an aha moment per se, but when I first launched Secret Hopper, I was honestly shocked that there wasn't a place specifically on social media where people like you and I and, you know, MC and others working in the industry to connect. You know, I found just talking to people, brewers were talking to people in their community. They'd see people at CBC, maybe a guild event, you know, once or twice a year. But we really weren't networking and getting to know people outside of our comfort zone. So I simply started a Facebook community. I mean, it's almost silly to say sometimes we started a Facebook community. I at one point was the only member just to bring people together because I believed it was so valuable to have these conversations, you know, especially as we saw during the pandemic when people are, you know, just struggling to find ways to survive, to simply ask questions, get answers from people halfway across the country and to know you're not alone. So the initial goal of it, and it's still one of the main premises we stand on, is simply connecting people for that conversation. And that was in 2017 we launched. Wow. Yeah, that's so cool. Um, you know, I'm in mid-Missouri and I often, especially as like a woman in beer in mid-Missouri, I feel like pretty isolated sometimes. Um, and communities like that are so cool. I follow you guys on Instagram and trying to get better at Instagram. I really am. You're doing great. You're doing great. Um, I just saw a post from you today, I think. So um, anyway, all that to say, I think that just the idea of that community is is really cool. 
Um, and so let's talk a little bit more about what CBP does for industry members. Can you tell us a little bit about how it has grown over the years and maybe what's the most surprising element that you've come across? Ooh, that's a couple of loaded questions there. So we've definitely grown a lot over the past first few years. As mentioned, you know, the goal initially was just to start the conversations. Then we slowly evolved into, you know, putting out like weekly content. I think it started as simply ask me anything, where we'd bring in industry experts to literally ask them anything. And we really began to ramp it up during the pandemic. And, you know, 2020, when the Craft Brewers Conference was canceled, you know, we believe that education should still continue. So we took the opportunity to literally host a three-day virtual event in April 2020. And at that point in time, I don't think I'd used Zoom before. No one knew how to live stream. And so we put together this virtual conference with like 50, 60 sessions with about a month's heads up. And it was a real fun learning experience, but I think it really spoke to the desire for people to you know, further their education because not everybody in our industry has the opportunity to go to these large events. And whether you're the you know two day a week a beer tender or you're someone who's been in the industry 25 years, there's still that desire to just learn more and what better way to learn or just you know brewing in the brew house, put something on Spotify, just put something on YouTube at the end of the night. Making education accessible is something we really aim to do. And that was, I say, like phase two of Crafty Professionals when we really ramped up the education. In phase three, you know, I don't think I've ever referred to it as phases, but it does make sense when we look at it this way, was translating our virtual community, this weird little hole of the internet of 16,000 Crafty Professionals, to translating it to something in person. And it was Denver CBC, the Craft Brewers Conference of 2021, where we hosted our first essentially just happy hour. That's really all it was. And, you know, to have so many people online who knew each other was cool, but would they come together in a little tap room in Denver? I had no idea. And <laughs> so what we did, we hosted, we announced, I should say, before we even got there, an event for a couple hours at Jagged Mountain Craft Brewery in Denver, which had fantastic beer. I drank way too much of it that night. But you get there, you always show up to your own party a little bit early because you just want to make sure everything's ready. And you have no idea how many people are going to show up. And then people started showing up and it was uncomfortably crowded for two hours. This is arguably like mid-pandemic when this was happening. And the beauty of it was, though, there was people in this room who had never met face to face, but they knew each other from the Internet. They recognized each other's little circular pictures from Facebook. They recognized each other from the comments. So despite the fact that most of the room had never met, everybody had beer in common. But we were also part of Crafty Professionals community. And we had that desire to just connect. So it was amazing to see so many people that we got to know on the Internet face to face. And one of the funny things about that night was, you know, when you're on camera like this, you're only seeing people from the shoulders up for the most part. So we played this game. It wasn't intended as a game, but it was almost like when you meet someone, are they shorter or taller than you expect them to be based <laughs> off what you saw on the internet? Um, that's very funny. We'll peel back the curtain. MC, you and I, have, we've never met in person. I was just I, about to say that, right? Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll, have to, we'll, have to, we'll have to do that and, and guess. I was going to say, can you One guess day. how tall I am? And, but that, that's not the game. That, that doesn't make sense. Um, <laughs> No, I remember that CBC. I was there in, I guess I was there in my capacity. Is is no, I wasn't actually. I was not hosting the show when I went there. Uh, I was there in my capacity as chief personnel officer for City Brew Tours, my previous role. And that CBC was special because it was kind of 
half capacity. It was wasn't as big of it. It was the first in-person one held since COVID and the events that happened, there was a special feel to them. And the people that were there, there was this the this camaraderie that was instant. You know, I think everybody wanted to be back together again. And I can't even begin to imagine what it was like for all of those people in the craft beer professionals group to finally have that in-person meeting after this, you know, one of the hardest periods in the entire beer industry. I mean, forget the beer industry, one of the uh, hardest periods in our existence as human beings. And it was beautiful because I think we were all craving that level of engagement and excitement there to see people face to face we were excited through the roof and it was an amazing experience to bring all these people together for the crowded time. And that was the first time we ever did something in person and it would set the scale for the set stage for the future of what we would bring out. Yeah. Yeah. MC, you want to try this uh, second beer from Jessup here? Let's do it. All right. Another IPA. Yeah. It's funny. It's, it's uh, Jessup is very much known for their barrel aging and their, their, their beers, their wood beers specialty beers but uh funny enough we have two ipas from them our second here is a a new england style double ipa brewed with azaka casimir eldorado idaho seven and the soon to be hop of the year strata yep yeah some real juicy ones in there and definitely a very very juicy beer oh cashmere is what jumps out to, to me in that wow Mm, that is so good with all those hops that cashmere really shines through and it's funny because i always know cashmere when i taste it but i can't describe it to me it tastes Mm. like to me it tastes like a quilt or flannel pattern okay and that's the best descriptor i can give okay so soft round maybe yeah interweaving a lot of clothing references there (laughs) yeah um cashmere kind of reminds me you know i hear people talk about like papaya a lot but i've never had a papaya so i can't like reference that when i talk about beers and i think it's funny when people do because i don't think a lot of people have had papaya but in missouri we have something called a pawpaw have you guys ever heard of a pawpaw before yeah i've had it a couple times i think sometimes they call it like a missouri mango yeah um, and it's kind of like somewhere between like a banana and a mango and a papaya. So it's kind of like a creamy, softer tasting mango. And that's kind of what I think of when I think of cashmere. I, I am a sucker for a, a colloquial name for things. Mm-hmm. I have never heard the term Missouri mango for pawpaw. Oh, really? I, I, I love that. Yeah, that's that's amazing. <laughs> Maybe it's, it's probably just a Missouri thing. We really uh, just tried to take it all for ourselves. Andrew, what are you excited for in the 2023 beer scene? Oh, what am I excited for in the 2023 beer scene? And that's a loaded question. I'll give you a professional question answer first, and I'll kind of dive a little more big picture industry. So I had mentioned that we, you know, did our first in-person happy hour in Denver 2021. Since then, we've done two in-person workshops. We actually did one in Missouri, MC. We did not have any Missouri mangoes, unfortunately, while I was there, but we hosted a workshop in June of this past year in St. Louis. And I think it was fantastic because St. Louis has such a rich beer history. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But I think often a little underrated in the scheme of, you know, beer cities across the country. And I visited through St. Louis a lot in my past life, 
I've had some of my best beer experiences while I hate to keep saying St. Louis. I don't think you're in St. Louis, but in Missouri. So I'm right down the road. Yeah, no, I'm very close. I'm in Columbia. Um, and I'm trying to get Brian to visit St. Louis for Bruce Less Travel because I totally agree. It's a very underrated uh, beer city with a lot of awesome beer culture and history. Yeah. And I had a blast there. We had a workshop there. We had three nightly receptions at some of the fantastic St. Louis tap rooms. And I would love to do it all over again. And we did one in Virginia in September, but this coming year, we're doing two more workshops. And I think almost follows the Brews Less Traveled theme. Because, you know, there's so many great state guilds out there. We don't want to step on their toes. We don't want to go to places the Brews Associates do in a big event. We want to go to cities that have that desire to have some sort of education, networking type event. So we're going to be doing an event in June in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, which also has a ton of beer history there. The workshop's actually going to be an old Paps Blue Ribbon Brewery that's been turned into an event space. So on a professional and personal level, I'm just super excited to be in that building, but also have the workshop. So to give me a reason to go back to Wisconsin is going to be fun. It's one of my favorite states I've traveled through over the years. So that's an excitement one. And we're also going to be in Charleston, South Carolina, which I think is a very up and coming beer city, a city I've never actually been to either that I'm very much looking forward to, to, to visit, you know, in that professional capacity. Excellent. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun things coming up. And, and I think, you know, for beer as a whole, it's just been fun to watch the industry continue to grow. You know, as I mentioned, I got into this industry five, six years ago and there's only 5,000 breweries and now there's 10,000 breweries. I just love seeing what people make work. You know, in my philosophy in life is to almost try anything once, whether that's, you know, a brewer brewing some crazy beer with, you know, your pawpaws in it or, you know, a taproom hosting just some super unique event. I love seeing the creativity that our industry puts out there. You know, our industry is almost based on a love of a product and a hobby. And I think the connections are so much stronger when you bring a group of people together who have that shared love of beer already and see what we can do to make it more successful. So that creativity, the entrepreneurial spirit, I'm just see, excited to see what they think of this coming year. I will, uh, I will say there were some very cool cities that were mentioned there and they, uh, nothing more. You um, may have put them on a list. Funny no enough, comment. they're also on National <laughs> Geographic's list of top places it. to visit in 2023. I, I did this completely unintentionally but someone shared that list i'm like milwaukee scrolling down a little bit charleston apparently you know we have cool cities that we want to visit and talk about excellent perk of the job yeah absolutely i i uh i, I don't want to say too much holy crap you, you guys you guys mentioned uh <laughs> you mentioned some really awesome cities some some uncharted beer scenes <laughs> there well i'm in Norfolk, virginia and i doubt you have an episode planned here but also Ooh. very underrated beer city that's yes. grown quite a bit in the past few years. So if you're ever like, you know, passing through, I would love to have that beer in person and share the history and city here. I, I will be I will be passing through. Um, I have some friends that live in the D.C. area and I uh, would would like to make my way to Virginia for for other reasons this year. Professional reasons, maybe um, as well. And uh, I, I haven't heard much about Norfolk, so. I mean, there's, there's uh, my favorite stat always about the the growth of craft beer and the growth of breweries in America is that uh, over 80 percent of drinking age adults live within 10 miles of a brewery. 
Uh, wow. So there is literally local beer everywhere across this country. So like if, if you, I, I don't doubt that you have wonderful beer there and I, I can't wait for the opportunity to, uh, to try beer in a city that I, I've never heard of a brewery from. I mean, that's and the, honestly, whole, the whole premise of the show. Yeah. I think that's the fun part <laughs> when you go into an experience blind and you have the ability to be wowed. There's no expectations that you're about to try the haziest beer you've ever had, or, you know, you know what the vibe's going to be. You walk into a place for the first time and you have that first experience and you can never recreate that first experience. And I think that's beautiful. It's is it the veil that I'm thinking of that has a tap room in Norfolk? They do have a satellite tap room about a okay. mile and a half from my house. They do. Okay. I know it was somebody like oh, that. Yeah. You. I lived in DC for about five years and I never got out to Norfolk, but I got out to Richmond a few times. There's a lot of great beer and just like that general area of Virginia. Oh, Richmond's fantastic. They get a little more yeah. love than we do. I mean, granted, they have yeah. a lot more breweries, but Virginia, you know, definitely has a lot to offer. Yeah. Um, it looks like we have a question in the chat that I was going to throw out there, Brian. Please do. It's actually in the Q&A. It says, Andrew, do you contract secret hoppers, look for volunteers to visit tap rooms? How does that part of the business work? That's a really great question. And you're not going to be a volunteer because we're going to pay you, actually. People oh, get paid to visit breweries. And you know, from that model, we have shoppers all across the country. And unfortunately, we don't have breweries we work with in every city, but we are pretty active nationwide. And so the typical scenario is you would get selected to visit a brewery. You get a text on your phone and said, hey, you know, Brian, would you like to visit this brewery? Here's the deal. And the standard payment and the setup is you're going to get a flight followed by a pint and you're going to get paid somewhere between 20 and 50 bucks for that experience. So if you're going to a brewery anyways, you provide a little feedback to make them a little bit better. You know, you're doing your part to make our industry even more awesome. And you're enjoying some beers on Secret Hopper in the meantime. So anyone interested, I'll plug it as it go to buy.secrethopper.com if you want us to someday maybe buy you a beer. Oh, awesome. I think some listeners just found a new side gig. Yes. The answer is always yes. If you can fund your craft beer hobby, yes. I heard I heard a joke today that um about uh the the best thing a brewer wants to hear when they're in the tap room is is somebody saying, Oh, you guys hiring taste testers? <laughs> but Andrew, you're you are literally hiring taste testers somewhat yes we hopefully don't, they don't go in with that attitude we want people with the desire to help them improve but yes you will get paid to taste test beer that's that's a really awesome system because I, I think i think all of us in the the front of house world of of craft beer would like that very objective unbiased feedback and not knowing that that person is there and and having them get that completely unmitigated uncurated you know uncurated to a reviewer experience i think that's extremely valuable for our community yeah i mean you know as someone who works in the taproom yourself brian is truly the little things that make a big difference if you can find these little strategies to connect with your guests they're going to be more likely to return and more likely to spend money in your taproom and come back sooner yeah so we normally ask uh when we wrap these up what what is something that you wished the the featured city that we were talking about was more well known for. But Andrew, you're so well connected throughout the whole industry, and um, well, you aren't in our featured city. <laughs> but uh, what is something that you wished the entire craft beer community was more well known for? Yeah, well, first off, I really do like Fort Collins. 
That's one. Two, something off at Virginia. It's a great place. But one of the things we do in Crappy Professionals, we really aim to make the craft beer industry a better place, not just, you know, brew better beer. We want you to run a better business, you know. And we're really passionate about creating safer and more welcoming workplaces and just tap rooms in general. So this past year, we did an industry-wide employee satisfaction study in partnership with Craft Beer Advisory Services. And, you know, it was really interesting looking at this data. And one of the questions we asked was, you know, what are the three things that are currently impacting your level of happiness working in your position in craft beer? And this is what's currently impacting that. And we saw, you know, was your coworkers, was a welcoming brewery environment, in a collaborative internal environment. Those are the top three things we saw that are currently making people happy. But a really interesting thing when we shifted the question and said, you know, what's going to make you more happy in the future? What we saw there were, you know, base pay raises, growth opportunities, and increased benefits. And I truly would love not only to see the craft beer industry become more safe, more welcoming, more diverse, but also see, you know, even greater and better treatment of everybody working in the industry, whether that's, you know, providing someone more money. Brewers work hard. Those conditions are tough sometimes. So, you know, raises for the brewers, more training opportunities, more, you know, chances to go to brewing school, get that certificate or, you know, the ability to just go up in the company. You know, so often people think of craft beer as really romantic working in the industry side of things, but it's a lot of hard work. And I would love to see, you know, breweries continue to run better businesses and treat both guests and staff even better. Yeah, I think that's so... I think you hit the nail on the head with that. Um, I think a lot of breweries, especially in production, um, it's kind of like you're you're lucky to be here. Like you're learning a lot. Um, not everybody gets this opportunity, um, and it's not necessarily equal on the pay and benefit side. And I think that would definitely keep people happier at breweries longer and just make craft beer even better. Because if people are excited to be there and happy in their jobs, they're gonna do a better job, make better beer for us, I think. A hundred percent. And I think so often people use the expression labor of love. And, you know, it, it's mm-hmm. fantastic when there's something you can do that you love, but you also deserve to be compensated fairly for it. And I think so often in craft beer, you know, someone might get thrown a few extra low fills or say, hey, here's a little pizza to go with your shift. But, you know, pizza doesn't pay the bills, right? So right. anything we can do to make the experience better for both the guests and those working in the industry, I think should be the goal. Yeah. Most definitely. I, uh, I, I, I can't, I can't add anything to that. You both, uh, both MC and Andrew said it so eloquently. Andrew, thank you so much for joining us. Brian and MC, this is a great opportunity. And let me know when you come through Virginia, both of you. Absolutely. I will, for sure. Absolutely. Anything to plug before we get out of here? I mean, you already asked me if anyone wants to be a secret hopper, we'd love to buy you beer someday. Simply go to apply.secrethopper.com. And if you're in the industry or you're looking to learn more about becoming an industry, you know, Crappy Professional is an educational resource designed to make you, you know, more savvy, smarter, just feel like you're not alone. Search Crappy Professionals on Facebook. We'd love to have you join us. MC, final thoughts. Nothing real earth shattering. I loved everything we talked about. I love um, talking about community and beer, you know. I think that's what it's all about most of the time. That's what it comes down to. I think people are excited about the opportunity to get to know each other through beer. And I think that, um, you know, organizations like Andrew that you're doing are are really exciting. And I, I'm grateful that they exist. And I'm grateful for, you know, people like you that use your time and effort to to make them exist. 
I mean, MC, I'm just truly lucky enough to spend my days talking beer with a bunch of great people. I'm truly lucky this position that somehow come into my life. As uh, as a- Andrew mentioned earlier, the, the the kind of barrier for entry now in beer is is making good beer. And if we can make craft beer and, and the communities around it a space where people get something more out of it, we have exceeded the, the goals for the industry. And uh, it's so great that like like MC said, there's it's so great that there's people that are fostering these communities, especially like yourself, Andrew, with uh, craft beer professionals. So uh, thanks for joining us. Thanks for doing what you do. Shout out to Jessup. Uh, shout out to Jessup Farm for supplying these great beers. You can find more from them at uh, jessupfarmbarrelhouse.com. You can also follow us at Bruvana uh, on Instagram, TikTok, Untapped, all the things, YouTube. Uh, and head over to bruvana.com to explore the subscription options and ways that you can help support our show. We'll be back next week with more beers from an awesome Fort Collins brewery. But until then, you know, stay safe, be kind, and support local breweries, everybody. Cheers. Cheers.